Hi! We're doing episode six of Couch of Characters. Yes. This is our part two episode on feminist therapy, Mm -hmm. and today we are going to talk about the characters from Broad City. Yes, yes, and we're excited. They're going to come up again because we won't be able to cover all of what's great about them in this one one session. But at any rate, uh, for those of you who are newer listeners, uh, start at the beginning, listen to all of our shows. But remember that Couch of Characters, it's a podcast where two therapists analyze movie, television, and book characters. It's for entertainment purposes only. No advice, interventions, or information should be applied or attempted in your own life. This is not meant to replace or supplement professional help. Information shared in the podcast could be harmful should you apply it to yourself, friends, family members, or people you interact with in your life. So listen and enjoy. And I'm Madeline. And I'm Julia. And uh, yeah, we're, we're a couple of... couple of therapists. A couple of therapists talking about TV movie characters <laughs> and applying therapy strategies to them yeah. and trying to explain how they function in that world. So right. uh, this is part two from Feminist uh, Theory this week. And uh, we talked a little bit last time about feminist therapy. And I think we're going to do a little more of that today, but it'll be a little more brief. So please listen to the first episode, which is uh, Glenn Close, uh, Fatal Attraction. Mm-hmm. Take a listen to that and then uh, listen to this one. So it should be pretty good. Yeah. So we talked in the in part one about Elizabeth Mahaney, who is an MFT. And she, so we'll kind of revisit a little bit of feminist therapy. She writes that it's not just suitable for women. Men can benefit from therapeutic process as well. Men also deal with social and gender role constraints, such as the demands of strength, autonomy, and competition. And they're also limited by the notion that they should not express Mm -hmm. vulnerability, sensitivity, and empathy. And so we'll get into this in the context of Broad City. A lot of what Alana does is really interesting. You should watch some episodes. Um, We live in a gendered society. It's very heteronormative. It's it's very, you know, man, woman, man, woman, mm-hmm. like cave-like. So if you if you watch Broad City and I've done this, it's kind of really fun and I pretend that Alana is yes. a man. I just pretend. Yes. And it's like all the things that she does are like they look completely different right. through different lens. And that's how feminist that show is mm-hmm. is that when when you watch the show and you think of them as women, I think of them as being like you know they they don't have really specific gender roles. They 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 have fluid gender roles and they have their open sexuality and body comfort. But a lot of her behaviors, I've watched the show with with more conservative people, and they're sort of taken aback by her behaviors. Yeah. I find that really interesting because if they pretend she's a man when they watch, her behaviors are acceptable yes. to them. Yeah. But if if they accept her as a woman when they watch her behaviors are unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of an interesting yeah. dynamic. So just play with that in your head when you right. watch. And I don't know if you don't know who what Broad City is. So this is a TV show on Comedy Central with Alana Glazier and Abby Jacobson, mm-hmm. I believe is her name. Um, and the two of them became friends. They met at an improv group, I believe. And they actually started out. Broad City was like a web series that was independently funded. Like they independently made that show. And then Amy Poehler... Uh, met them. I do believe Alana does stand up, I think, mm-hmm. as well. Um, and uh, yeah, Comedy Central picked them up and started Broad City. And when Broad City started, I think there at least was one uh, one season of the TV, the HBO show Girls, um, under their under the belt. So like, the TV show Girls came out. So I think the first sort of uh, uh, show that really showcased women 
was Sex in the City, which is one of my favorite TV shows of all time on HBO. Then you have Girls come out, which is Lena Dunham's uh, TV show. I am not a huge fan of that show, except for Adam Driver. That's probably for another podcast. <laughs> but maybe more stereotypical, I would say whiny, uh, entitled women from New York who have, I'm doing air quotes right now, problems. Um, it's And it's funny, and their aspects of it are funny. And then here comes Broad City, which at the time critics came out and said, this actually feels more realistic and is more funny. Mm-hmm. And sort of the counter to the TV show Girls on HBO, which I believed. I um, started watching Broad City right away. I've seen every episode. It's such a funny show. And these women are so much more complex, um, yep. fascinating, vulnerable, self-deprecating, um, and genuine. So it's really exciting. It's a great show. If right. you haven't watched it, you should watch it. And um, it's, it's really in the spirit of feminist therapy because yes. they don't pathologize their Mm-mm. experiences. No. I mean, there's there's a lot of like body hair. There's a lot of toilet time. You know, there's there's zits. There's lubricant. There's yes. body parts. There's just ev- everything you can think of. Um, and they don't. It's very open. They present. Yeah, they yeah. present sort of the calamity. Yes. Sometimes they're things that people generally experience. Sometimes they're extreme versions of that. Um, but they just it it becomes it's accepted in their relationship. Yeah. They sort of bounce off of one another in this sort of all accepting. Yes sort of model of their experiences. So it's very, yeah, you know, that is my feminist therapy session is watching Broad City because yes. <laughs> it yeah. just makes me feel okay. The relationship too is, it's kind of an interesting relationship and we could, uh, yeah, this is probably like two or three podcasts because in mm-hmm. some ways Alana has sort of this like crush on Abby. So he's like, she's like slapping her butt a lot. This goes mm-hmm. to the more masculine behaviors of like, mm-hmm. girls don't slap each other in the ass the way like Alana's sort of obsessed with Abby's butt and things like that and Abby lets her do that like like the ass slapping and some of those things that happen um and yet Abby seems fine with it and doesn't right you know it's it's like the nature of their relationships so and society sort of teaches you you can't do the butt slapping but it's it's interesting because girls do slap butts that's true they do it's it's just usually that behavior is sort of punished by by the surrounding world correct so yeah. the older you get, maybe the less, less butt slapping you do yeah. because the more the environment has pushed back on it. But it, Alana yeah. seems sort of impervious to She's, environmental, I don't know, punishment yeah. of her behavior. She, she does. She, I think we could do Alana and then we could talk about Abby. So like Alana is a very, um, she's just a very free, she is a free spirit and she is an extremely confident person, but she doesn't say she's confident. She just is. Uh, she doesn't, she sort of works. She has a job, but she doesn't do her job. She likes to smoke pot. She has a roommate named Jaime. They're always smoking pot mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, he grooms her. Cute. Yes, he's yeah. really cute. Um, what else would you say about her? She's like such a feminist. She is. She's extremely comfortable with her body. Yes. And very, yeah, very comfortable. And and she responds the like it's sort of like everybody needs that friend. She responds. Mm-hmm. I have one friend like that where she responds to me the way I need to be responded yeah. to when I call and tell them personal yeah. body stuff. I like I like that dynamic between Abby. Yeah. Abby's a little more sort of like maybe less of an extrovert yes. in her. Yeah, she's more introverted. Yeah, she's yeah. more introverted in her sexual behavior, yeah. and Alana sort of gives her permission to to you know explore do that area more. Yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. really does, and. Um, Alana's been referred to as free-spirited, sex- sexually liberated. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk about Lincoln. Yeah, yes. so this is really interesting. 
So this Lincoln's is, one of my favorite characters too. Yeah, yeah. So it's Hannibal Burris is a comedian, plays Lincoln Rice, and he's a, a dentist, um, a su- successful pediatric dentist, and Alana has recurrence or sexual relationship with him. He has romantic feelings mm-hmm. for her. And he wants to take the relationship further. And, and that brings sort of a lot of fear to her. So she sort of has almost like a panic reaction. Yes. Um, this is where I would say the gender roles are reversed. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is where you would maybe see more typically the female wanting the relationship and the guy putting distance. And this is ex- the exact opposite of that. Yes. Yeah. And also, if you compare the way she sort of, if sex can be utilized, if you mm-hmm. compare the way it's utilized in, in Fatal Attraction... <laughs> Um, I think of like the there's an episode where Alana is on like a boat tour Mm -hmm. and she realizes that her and Link she and Lincoln have not had sex Um, it's like the longest time they've spent together without having sex so she goes to find a place to have sex so that they're not accidentally on a date so it doesn't get to be too intimate (laughs) so it's kind of hilarious that she doesn't like Glenn Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction Mm -hmm. uses sex to find love and to get her Mm -hmm. partner to you know, to want to stay with her. Yeah. And Alana uses it to affirm that they are not being intimate, that they are not <laughs> having a romantic relationship. So it's really different. And that's where I, this show plays with sex, as I call mm-hmm. it. Um, I, when I, I do sex therapy and I do sort of webinars and talks about this. I call it sex as a social construct. Mm-hmm. And that's what Alana does. Is it's, it is not, you know, it, it's part of her identity. Um, in a way that it brings her pleasure and helps her to find boundaries and explore her environment and her world. It's not a tool she uses to reaffirm gender roles right. or to to get, you know, to get people to stay with her. It's really yeah. interesting how differently she she sort of, if you think of it as something mm-hmm. people utilize. Um, yeah, and she does, the dynamic generally is that Alana drags Abby into whatever little schemes are. But like, I mean, one whole episode is centered around... Um, Abby uh, gets a six thousand. Is it six thousand dollars? Eight thousand dollars. It's actually one of my favorite. The opening sequence is to Drake's song. Um, it's so good, and they go. Uh, and actually, in that case, Abby's dressed up like Missy Elliott in like the big garbage yeah. bag, puffy, right? And then Alana's dressed up like a. Can I say like a hooker? I mean, she's dressed up like she's very, very feminine, very sexualized. Like she's got she's got cat ears on. She looks fantastic. She looks totally smoking hot. She's got like a leopard fur coat and it's like. Abby's girl and like all of that so it's very very funny well then she gets an alert from her bank that there's a little funding well it turns out she needs to is it what return a DVD yes back to the store and so she has to go back and think about who has it and it's Dale who's this really creepy guy that she had sex with once who is still obsessed with her yeah and her and Jaime get high it's actually a really great sequence of like she smokes up to try to remember what it is and so then she has to go meet with Dale Yep, in the park. And then, in the park, and then Abby decides she needs to move out because her roommate's boyfriend, you never actually meet the girl roommate, the female roommate with Abby, but her um, the boyfriend, Bevers, is there. And she gets so frustrated with his behavior because he's also very free with his body, hair, yeah. and bodily functions. He is. That and she decides she's going to get and move into a new apartment. And that's also but, another gender role yes. on, you know, spun around between Bevers yes. and his relationship because 
in some ways, Bevers is like a stereotypical housewife. His girlfriend, who is sort of, I think she's got in some some high powered yes, position. I think so. They imply that she looks like a model or she yes. is a model or something. And she's always gone and she's traveling yeah. and she's very successful. Right. And he's like, <laughs> he stays at home, always trying to reinvent, reinvent himself. Yeah. You know, he eats like blocks of cheese. Right. He tries to, to go to the gym to, to feel better. So it's just he takes baths. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Like there's always there's always behaviors going on. Right. So it's another twist. Yes. You know, it's very yes. opposite. And we should talk about Abby. Do you want to talk about Abby a little bit? We can So Abby, I find her to be really interesting. She Yeah. She's sort of I sort of she's almost like an adventurer kind mm-hmm. of a way. Like she I see her as sort of she experiments with the world around yes. her. Um in a really non-judgmental way, mm-hmm. sort of like a feminist therapist would. So um she has some sexual encounters that are pretty explicit um and she does like alana is more likely to kind of brag or, or mm-hmm. whatever to talk about them openly and want to share her experiences with abby abby's more private yeah. about them um but does she kind of shows how you can be introverted and more private and still be an explorer yes kind of yeah, yeah. I, th- I love that and i think she also like sh- she does i feel like she approaches the world a little more cautiously but it doesn't stop her though from like having unusual interactions with people um and i would say though she's like a little more of the um like responsible self-sufficient adult yes she is um she works at a gym she really like i feel like she's she's abby is held back a little bit in her character of like she really wants to be she doesn't view herself as successful she sees that coming now i think that changes a little bit in in season three but you know she wants to be a personal trainer she has all the skills but instead she's like the janitor there and really embarrassing things happen to her mm-hmm. um there and then she meets trey that's his name and like she has like a love-hate relationship with trey and trey is a like just like a kind of a stereotypical gym guy yes. um but also has they all have unusual things that they he has do. A history but. of adult f- film stardom. That's right. And <laughs> with inanimate like inanimate pool objects yes. that are involved. But <laughs> and yeah, so but so it's kind of interesting. It flips those things yeah on on their head a little bit. Um, like at one point, Seth Rogen is is a. Uh, character it's like they call him guy stacy and so and that is like more of if you if you go with like kind of stereotypes that seems more like abby's wavelength yeah but they end up having um you know really just in not a like they have a sexual relationship mm-hmm. that i think they both enjoy but he passes out yeah. and there's like a heat wave and so it's just interesting because even that is even the the people that you would sort of stereotypically mm-hmm. match them up with they don't yeah. have to be with because she yeah. most recently is having really lovely sexual relationship with the sort of the gym buff guy yes. and that's totally not her personality no. no and then she's sort of taken aback by it but like she can't stop and like she you know she actually is embarrassed I mean it's of course sort of funny she's really embarrassed about this relationship she has with Trey and I would say like like to me watching them as the it's like Finally, like, it's so clear the two of you really like each other. Like, you don't even know how much you like each other. You're really compatible. And yet she's repulsed by the fact that she's really attracted to this guy because in her mind she maybe feels she shouldn't be, but she is. And it's actually kind of healthy considering that a lot of her other interactions are with guys she really likes who ultimately end up rejecting her or don't reject her. 
But for her, it's like, well, this wasn't what I thought it would be, and now I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he, you know, he so re- represents a, uh, like kind of he, the tool tool bag yeah. gym guy that <laughs> you would never imagine her no. to be with. But even his character is multi layered. Like yes. it's so I, I like how not a single character escapes this sort of gender smushing. Yeah, and this I mean, because he's almost a caregiver to her. Yes, like he sort of organizes their their social events. Yeah. He's very. Dedicated. Like, takes her along to do stuff and yep. in some ways, too, just deals with her ambivalence by basically saying, in a very kind-hearted way, not in a power control way, but, like, you're, we're going to do this, we're going to do this gym party, and you're going to be there, right? And she's like, yeah. He's like, great, I can't wait to see you there. And then, she, you know, she feels really uncomfortable, but he's oblivious to all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're so, funny. Yeah. So, quick, so a feminist, feminist therapist would probably look at those relationships and help them suss out what relationships are healthy um, versus what relationships fit into, like for Abby in particular, yeah. fit into her ideals or idea of what yeah. it should look like. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's what a, a feminist therapist would mm-hmm. would work on with her, is allowing her to actually do what makes her happy. Yes, and and how to even assess what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. And the piece about in fem- feminist therapy, where we sort of equalize this idea between both men and women, can be disenfranchised. Um, they can both be stuck in role constraints. The show really embodies that and then kind of flips it over. Yeah. So I think that's that's really important. Um, she, a couple of things, like just to talk a little bit about like that. So we have the characters, which are really great. Um, they have really funny things that happen to them. But also talking a little bit about there's been some press, I guess, around how the girls are dressed for this show and the like the the use then of costumes and props to sort of create to continue to perpetuate feminine you know this sort of feminist um say the feminist lens so i feel like typically in other tv shows uh people are really dressed to make them look very attractive or thin or it's like well you don't have like the stick figure body type so we're not going to put you in tight dresses we're going to dress you down things like that and they don't do that. And then also they're on camera, extremely complimentary of each other's bodies. Mm-hmm. You don't see that very often. You don't see, I don't feel like in a lot of shows that's really covered where Abby, who's probably a size four in real life. So like we all know, like on the, the camera adds 20 pounds and that's literally true. Also, you have no sense of people's sizes. So mm-hmm. when you see, like one time I saw Ryan Gosling at LAX, he's beautiful, <laughs> but he's also like, five foot six or seven like he's a small person but you see him in the movies and he could be six feet tall like you don't really know and so I think for women it's even harder and it's something that Hollywood is really awful about so they're probably like a size four and a size two but they probably wouldn't stand out size wise in the general population not at all but they it's interesting because on on television they almost purposefully highlight these features yes. that that society kind of doesn't right. you know see as positive like i always abby's very curvy she's yes. very proud the the pieces the like part of her body that they talk about the most is her butt yes and she would identify that as like the biggest part of her right. body and that and that's they sort of they like, go it's its own character it's in its the own show character she they go um abby as watching some clips today to get ready for this podcast and so i'm watching uh, a few things and they go abby's like no i'm gonna go to this party with you so alana's going to this party she's like dressed to the nines right and abby's like no 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with you to the party. And Alana's like, really? You're going to come with me? That's great. Because Abby normally wouldn't want to go. She'd feel uncomfortable. She's like, no, this is the new me. Let's go dress shopping. So they go dress shopping. And she ends up putting on this beautiful blue bandage dress. And if you, a bandage dress is basically like, it looks like, Stra- like not straps, but mm-hmm. it's a tight fitting dress that has the bandage dress. And she wears it repeatedly. Repeatedly. And so then Alana makes the, it's not even a joke. Alana was like, you look amazing in that. She's like, no one's going to notice you because you're basically your butt is the best part of the dress. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, no, but I mean, your face and the rest of you looks good. But she's like, we, and she kind of points where she's like, but we all know who's doing the real talking here. And like, it's pointing to her butt. So like this, like complimentary, like. Your ass looks amazing. So it was just so sweet. Like how also in our society, the tearing down of women and the criticism of women and their bodies. And we see that a lot with like red carpets and things like that, as well as the very gendered, like asking the, the male actors, what was the inspiration for your character? And then the women are like, what are you wearing? Yes. Yeah. Those jewelry is just beautiful. Like not like it's so, you know. That's where it's so gendered. In Broad City, it just doesn't even, like, it, do- it doesn't come up. It's really fantastic. Yeah. And it's a fantastic show. It, and it just, it makes you, I, I feel like as a woman watching it, it makes you feel sort of good about your choices and your life. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that people of different sizes avoid wearing or avoid mm-hmm. doing or stereotypes yeah. that would become sort of in, ingrained in our lives. Right. And that the show sort of puts that all to rest. It, puts, it does. It puts it to it eases it through. Um, one of the, so, so one illustration um, before we kind of close mm-hmm. today, thinking about the, a scene where uh, Hannibal Burris's character Lincoln tells uh, <gasps> Alana that he's met somebody. So watch that scene. Um, it's, it's it's season three. It, yeah, really flips. It's it, a it's a gender role flip. So he tells her he's met somebody, and he's really, you know, he. he he wanted a romantic relationship with Alana. He's not going to get it. No. He, he He's the guy who really wants to be in a romantic relationship. Yep. Somebody else wants to offer him that. So he's breaking off his yep. sexual relationship with Alana. And it's really interesting how she reacts. So if you compare her to Glenn Close, when uh, Michael Douglas leaves Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction, there's a lot of crying. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of different things. His, with hysteria. Oh, yeah, hysteria. Yeah. Just woe is me. Yeah. And Alana just... Like, if we're thinking stereotypically, she reacts actually like a sort of a big, giant, buff man yeah. would react yeah. um, if, if his partner was telling him, you know, that he was interested in someone else yeah. or was going to go be romantic with someone else. She gets out of his car. She stomps on the hood. She climbs a tree. That's she, right. She I becomes, forgot about that. She, yeah. yeah. She becomes, like, more big and more powerful yeah. and, like, what are you doing? And she expresses her anger. And, you know, she she's not crying. She's not helpless. And... And it's not, it's interesting because she, it's not because he doesn't want to be romantic with her. It's because he is ending their sexual yeah. relationship to go have a romantic one. Right. So it really plays with this idea of, of identity. Yeah. So think about that. Um, I think a feminist, you know, in conclusion, yeah. a feminist therapist would probably um, have a lot less power and control adjustments to do with Lana oh, and yeah. Abby than they would than they would with um, Glenn Close's character in Fatal Attraction. Uh, there'd be a, a lot different work happening there. Yeah, I think, I mean, it would be interesting to see Alana and Abby, like if you, I mean, I think Abby would say, yes, I need therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Alana would be like, oh, I'll try it. And then they'll come in like, what do you want to work on? She'd be like, I don't have to work on anything. And and that's not pathologizing. Like no. she'd be like, this who she is is really working for her and mm-hmm. it's and she's very happy and I think that's okay. If anything, maybe she would bring Abby to a couple's therapist. She would, I think I think they would do couples therapy to help Abby realize, yes. you know, 
to help Abby fulfill Alana's lust and affection yes. for her romantically. <laughs> so that, that that would be great. It would be great. The um, what was I was going to say? One more thing about them. I think the other thing with the Broad City that makes it so great is that we always have and like our own biases about about things and so even because we were raised like I don't know how you were raised like I was raised very and actually I was raised I don't think my parents know it in a sort of a feminist household because my dad as we grew up on a dairy farm and there's four girls and my dad would get often very often don't you ever wish you had had a son very very often and my dad said no never I you know my girls work just as hard they help and so like to hear those messages from my father as at a very young age to sort of counter what I encouraged, what I encountered in school, which was, which was much more gendered. And there was some religion that went, worked in with that was like so wonderful to hear that. And it's definitely something, it's something like it's shaped who I am today, but we watch the show and maybe we have things we feel about the show or things that we think are wrong about maybe stuff they're doing. And you want to ask yourself, why does that bother me? Mm -hmm. Because it might be some of these institutional sexism or bias that you have about how are men and women are supposed to behave as well as what gender roles are. Yeah, so you know, and like, think about it in your your own relationships. When people are, are critical of your own relationships, right. you know, in different family members and different things, mm-hmm. like is that really about a dysfunction in your relationship, yeah. or is it about a societal expectation for your exactly. relationship? Exactly. Um, yeah, I I'm fortunate to have a really feminist partner, mm-hmm. and we we don't really have any traditional gender roles. No. We sort of got married and thought, well. well what do, what do each of us like doing? Yeah. I happen to never want to cook anything or mm-hmm. clean anything. I work later hours, yeah. you know, and my partner does that for me. Right. And I grew up similarly, Julia, mm-hmm. where I had my dad played both mother and father. Yeah. And so I watched him do both of those roles. Mm-hmm. And so that was really interesting. Yeah. So I knew I was going to want a partner who could jump right. in and out of the roles because yeah, I'm yeah. not a person who has a specific gender role. So no, yeah, I, I think it's it's similar in, in my relationship too with my partner. Like he, you know, I don't like cleaning, and I sometimes look at him and go, "I'm really sorry," and he's like, "No, it's fine." Like he doesn't care. He also, I don't think, went into feeling like no, a wife cooks and cleans and takes care of me. He had been like living on his own, and it's really okay. And so he accepts that that's not something that is something that I'm actually really good at or truly enjoy. Um, I wish I could be a person who says, I'm always envious of my friends who say, cleaning like regulates me and makes me feel better. I so wish that were the case, yeah. but it's it's definitely not. No, so not Broad City's good. Yeah, I tune great. in. It turns you on your head a little bit, especially if you've ever seen the TV show Girls. And maybe we can, I think Broad City would be a good one to bring up if we ever podcasted. <laughs> this would be like a marathon. Sex in the City, mm-hmm. Girls, Broad City. Yep. Oh, um, we should do that. Mm-hmm. Because that's... Ten characters, that'd be a lot. Maybe you have to pick a couple mm-hmm. to really talk about because yeah. it's so interesting. Can I say one more thing before yeah. we wrap up? So I know this is bad. You guys are like, you're going to talk about Sex in the City and Girls. Sex in the City and Girls. So it's four women living in New York City, both of them. And age-wise, I know the characters from Sex in the City are slightly older. But I think when they start, maybe they're in their early 30s because they were like seven seasons of this show. And then the girls are in their like well they act like they're 16 but they're actually in their mid-20s because they're all out of school right but the difference in maturity is like night and day and it's interesting because sex in the city was made 15 years before the tv show girls and then you have alana and abby who are the same age as girls 
and actually in some ways are more mature. Yeah. Very, very self-sufficient, mature. Right. Yeah. Not whiny. Anyway. Their choices are their, are their own. Yes. And the fact that we even identify that as a thing is because we we live in sort of a patriarchal society. Right. If we no. didn't, it would just be a thing. All my biases are coming out, everybody. Well, yeah. yeah we, we notice these signposts because because they stand out to right. us as different. Right. Yeah. One of the... I, yeah, we should wrap up. No. So, but in the TV show Girls, one of my favorite characters is more like Alana, uh, um, which is the free-spirited, long-haired gal who sleeps with whomever she wants and is doesn't care, like literally doesn't care. And she, to me, very much bucks gender roles. Yep. Although she's very feminine. Her, <laughs> she herself is like a very, she's totally a creative spirit. Wow. But she's got like long hair and she wears like funny clothes, but she's like walking sex. Right. And it, But that separates like, yeah, gender identity is, right. is different then yeah sexual preference is different than biological sex right. is different than all these right. things there's layers to things they don't all have to come in a certain package no and so that's what these characters do for yeah. us as, as therapists is they, they allow us to depathologize human nature yes and to to look at things from a more neutral lens right so, go be a feminist therapist <laughs> really check it out it's pretty fantastic yeah. especially with what's going on right now in the election yes. i mean i think this is truly what we've been seeing this year has been unprecedented in terms of misogyny and attacks against women. And it's just, it's so wrong and it's so harmful to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's and I to like all human beings um, and not who we are. I don't think it's actually no. who we are. And I want to, I want to live in a world where we examine these things and we're mm -hmm. outraged, we're outraged by these things and they're brought forward um, when they happen because they're yucky. Yes. Not because it's an election year. So that was yes. the thing, that's the thing that stood out to me is these things have been happening for years. For, yeah. Right. I mean, this individual has, you know, yeah. individuals who do these things don't just do no. them once in a while. Typically right. people who assault women, you know, tend to have a pattern of certain behavior. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, things stand out to society during, you know, big election years, yes. big tragedies, big things that come up, but for a lot of people, you know, being marginalized and mistreated yes. is a way of, of existence. Yes. It's their every day. Right, experience. exactly. Yeah. Well, as right. always, Madeline, it's a pleasure. Yes. Thank you, Julia. Thank you. So, uh, if again, we're Couch of Characters. I'm Julia. We have beautiful Madeline here. Uh, you can find us at couchofcharacters at gmail.com. Email us your ideas. Also on Twitter, Couch of Characters. Couch Characters. Yes, couch it's characters. at Couch Characters. Tweet us. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I don't know what's coming up next. It'll be a surprise. Yep. All It'll right. be a surprise. Bye, everybody. Bye.